0: Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to this week's very special episode of the Clear the Shelf podcast. And uh, as always, my jock and co-host, Chris Rasick is, uh, is with us. Uh, yeah, I, I am always curious when I do these. I wonder how many people go out and actually look up uh, <laughs> these these adjectives. Uh, I hope you guys are. It's a, uh, a free expansion of your, uh, your lexicon, also mine, because I've got to go look all these up before the show. But... Uh, with that all said, it is the holiday season, and we really wanted to put together a special episode to, to celebrate. But we know that the Amazon community is diverse, uh, and those of you out there listening, you may celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, maybe Diwali. Uh, so we look for a holiday that transcends all of the spiritual and cultural divides, uh, and I think Chris found it. It's Festivus. It's a holiday birth from the mind of Frank Costanza as he rained down blows upon another man that was also trying to buy the last doll in a, uh, in a toy store during Christmas. It's a holiday in which we can shed the burden of commercialism, a holidays for those who find tinsel distracting. It's a Festivus for the rest of us. And I know we're not going to be able to share a meatloaf on a bed of lettuce or participate really in feats of strength just due to our distance from each other. I'm so glad you brought that. Uh, however, we will be having an airing of grievances, which is arguably the the hallmark of any festivist celebration. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have to chat about the news of the week. So uh, we'll dig into that here in a minute. Chris, what's going on, man? Uh, how you doing this week?
1: Uh, i'm doing really good i've been looking forward to this episode get uh get all these grievances off our chest Uh, i think we're gonna feel better in the long run
0: i i agree i agree we we do try to keep things on the positive side but uh this will be a should be a fun and hopefully funny uh dive into the things that irritate us and other sellers on the platform uh and speaking of irritation let's go ahead and dive into the news uh this was actually brought up by uh, one of the folks in our vip group which uh and i had i didn't know about this i don't think amazon has really announced it uh, like pushed it to the seller community but starting on april the first uh which is april fool's day so maybe this is some sort of cruel joke that someone placed in uh you know in the term somewhere but starting april 1st 2023 amazon's going to introduce something called a storage utilization surcharge uh, in addition to monthly storage fees this surcharge is going to be based on the storage utilization ratio uh, which they do have a uh, a mathematical formula for and i forgot to write it down Uh, but it's essentially uh, how much storage you take up plus how much you've shipped in uh, i think divided by i don't know six or seven weeks or something like that Uh, but what they're going to do is the storage utilization ratio which is the ratio of your average daily inventory volume stored in cubic feet oh here it is divided by the average daily shipped volume in cubic feet over the trailing 13 weeks they'll calculate that storage utilization ratio on the last day of a given month that means for any inventory stored in april of 2023 they will calculate the storage utilization ratio on april the 30th and they'll apply those surcharges in may 2023 uh, so the surcharge will only apply to professional sellers so those of us who uh, pay the 39.99 a month uh, will be able to also pay for this storage utilization uh, fee uh, and you will only be charged if your storage utilization ratio is above 26 weeks. Now, hopefully, those of you listening uh, are not, you know, keeping your inventory in place for what six months. Uh, so I'm hoping that this doesn't affect a ton of sellers. But I do know that anytime a new fee comes out, people are, you know, obviously uh, scared and wonder what this is going to do to their margins and things like that. So, uh, but that's about it. It is going to take, if you actually, uh, the current of the fees in 2023, the base base monthly storage fees are about 87 cents per cubic foot uh, for standard size. If you are above the 26 week storage utilization, whatever it is, that's gonna add an additional 69 cents per cubic foot Making your total monthly storage fee a buck fifty six per cubic foot um and I think you'd also be kind of surprised at how little storage space you actually really take up, so that's something you should probably go and take a look at in your account as well uh, I don't know i I really try to I try to think about this from our perspective as sellers. I also do try to take uh Dylan Carter's uh view and you know look at it from the amazon side when this kind of thing happens and while this is probably disappointing news i do see that amazon is a really trying to push even harder on the we don't want to be a storage facility we want to be a pass-through facility Uh, and i also think that they want to be more in line with Larger 3PLs that are out there for like direct-to-consumer brands and things like that uh, because I I would imagine that maybe There are people who are abusing the the cheap The relatively cheap cost of storage at amazon Uh, so that's I don't know that's kind of what it seems to me if i'm if i'm sitting in andy jassy's uh, (coughs) Mammoth chair in his ceo's office you know is that is that what they're thinking? So Chris, any thoughts on this for uh, for your business or you know for Amazon sellers?
1: Uh, it, it's It's a lot to digest um, as far as like the, the you know the explanation of it. Um, I think ultimately it, it it won't have too big of an impact um, because it, it, this is consistent um, in, in a couple different facets in my opinion. Um, it's further belt tightening by Andy Jassy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's trying to cut costs, but even before Jassy took over, uh, the big chair from Bezos, uh, a lot of the stuff, if, if you really look at it and you analyze it, it's been all about the sell through, which is, you know, another way of saying what you, what you just said, it's, you know, they're clearing out the back corners of the warehouse, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, their proverbial death pile, you know, it, it's, um. You know, I think the most upset people would be the old school booksellers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just they've they've been uh, they've had their storage uh, the length of time that they can store their books just hacked over and over again, essentially. Um, And then, you know, when I was doing my testing, uh, you know, the the (laughs) the mysterious um, IPI score um, that that no one seems to understand or uh, or believe Amazon when they tell you what it's all about, uh, you know, that is predominantly sell through. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, my testing, nothing affects my IPI score more than sell through. Um, you know, they, they tell you that, you know, the top three, um, you know, stranded inventory and uh, I forget the third off the top of my head, but it, it's not an even split. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe, you know, I, I haven't mm-hmm. confirmed it. Uh, you know, you won't find it in, in print anywhere, but it's all about the sell through. It's just get the stuff in, get stuff out. Um, so I think. I think ultimately I'm not worried about it. You know, um, if it does affect me, uh, that's probably more of an indication of, um, maybe a little bit of mismanagement on my part, Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's going to be a kick in the butt to, uh, start liquidating some inventory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And, and you're, you're spot on with the booksellers. I, I don't know. I want to say that I saw the writing on the wall when they made their very first change years ago, because I was, I was a bookseller mainly, you know, I I had, oh, at the height, I think I had 3000 or maybe 3500 book skews all at FBA. And, uh, and then they said, Hey, guess what? No. And when I started, I could lit I could go buy gaylords of books and I could send them all in whether they sold or not. And they stored for free. And, uh, and then I got my first $800 bill from them when I couldn't afford $800 bills. Uh, and you know, and I was like, oh, okay, well we've got a, we've got a pivot and we need to do it fast. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what got us out of books and more into RA and OA, which was a blessing in disguise. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's right on the money with this. I think
1: even, even years ago, um, when i first started you know even some of the training materials and articles that i was looking up on my own right at the beginning you know we're talking three probably going on four years ago um still referenced uh a lot of book stuff you know it, yeah you know you're looking for ranks you could find articles that say ranks under a million anything under a million is good and, and mm-hmm. you know they got you going out to uh local goodwills and habitat for humanities and on book sale days and you know, library sales and that sort of stuff. You can still see that, find that stuff out there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't mind being a bookseller again, but I would have to do it completely differently. I'd have to, if I wanted to grow big and grow fast, I would probably need my own warehouse and a, you know, a, a sorter of some sort and, and really do high volume out of a warehouse rather than using. Amazon for for just about anything. So, and I'm curious, I'm curious how many people are going to decide that, well, you know what, maybe it's worth it for us to hold on to a lot of longer tail items that have maybe these massive ROIs and how many people are going to say, well, you know what, I'm just gonna have my own space or I'm gonna make sure the garage is heated and cooled and, and things like that. Because the long tail still does make Amazon money they just don't really want it in the Amazon warehouse, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I'd i agree with that. And right. Maybe that's a maybe that's a uh, an opportunity uh, in what you just said. You know, warehouse space and uh, jump jump on the uh, the garage heater market right now. Uh, right. <laughs>
0: All right. We should move on to the airing of grievances. Uh, So we really do try to stay on the on the positive side of the Amazon space. And we do, uh, you know, even though it is it's often against both of our natures to to stay positive all the time and not take the cynics, uh, you know, view of everything uh we try to do that because this is a it's a great space with great people uh and i think that you know there's a lot of opportunity here uh, and it's just a happier place to work from um you know but sometimes we need to shift course a little bit and we want to have a little fun so
1: yeah it's uh you know it we, will we try to diffuse uh things you know when, when we can and uh, uh because there are a lot of overreactions you know so uh we certainly certainly don't want this to be a negative, but it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows. We know that. And this is Festivus, uh, and, and grievances must be aired. So, uh, we put together a list. Um, it surprisingly wasn't hard to compile. Um, and, uh, we're going to, we're going to cover it. We're, we'll keep this from just being a, a festival all about pissing and moaning. Um, we'll also talk about some solutions and positive spins, uh, like we're want to do, uh, for some of these grievances. But, uh, let's uh let's get started. let's, let's uh, we, we can't eat until the the grievances are airs, aired. That's so. right
0: yeah I would I would like to you mentioned something there that this list was surprising this it, this list was surprisingly easy to put together <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, really yeah it was uh, one of our more uh, 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 participation wasn't uh, it, there was no there was no strain in, in getting people to participate in, in uh, ideas not like, at all. so uh so i'll get started uh the the first one i want to talk about is i call them day one price tanker uh and and if you follow me on instagram i grabbed a a keepa snapshot of of one of the examples um it was uh what would have been uh if you had talked to me a couple months ago a very nice product if you had sourced it um, that has basically gone from a hundred dollars, uh, retail price, uh, to now under, I think $30. Oof.
0: Um,
1: and there was, uh, I, I even, I even had to highlight the point that the specific orange triangle uh, of the seller of the person that I hate the most, uh, that came in stock like 30% below what the buy box had been running. Um, and that's, that's the day one price tanker, um you know, and I'm talking like, you know, it's selling for, for $80 has been consistently sellers aren't going crazy. It's not climbing too high. And for some reason, instead of $80, they come into stock at about 50. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, uh, it, it infuriates me, <laughs> you know, it, it, depending on, on my stock levels or, uh, you know, if it, if it's a lead that I'm, I'm about to purchase, um, you know, it it uh, accelerates the 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 price tanking in general, mm-hmm. um, and basically uh, kills all profitability. I uh, it drives me nuts, Chris.
0: Yeah, I get, that. I, I totally get that. And, and I'm so when I see that, I'm always curious. So my very first thought, my my cynical side comes out, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this is one of those you know across the country syndicates who steals from Walgreens and, and resells on Amazon, which, you know, I, and I know that that's probably not talked about a lot, you know, but it happens. It, it's a real thing. Okay. Uh, and then I'm also curious, well, if it's not that, and it's a little less nefarious, are these people, you know, are they just big buyers of liquidation? Are they buying Amazon, uh, semi truck fulls, uh, full of, uh, our lost inventory and, And is that why they can sell it so cheap or, uh, are they just morons? And I don't, you know, I don't know which one, which one it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for their sake that, you know, it's that they just found a way to get inventory cheaper than any of us, uh, schlubs, uh, you know, but I sometimes, you know, I sometimes wonder, I'm not too bad at the Google. So. You know, it's it's not too hard to find the lowest prices of things. Uh, and and I just wonder sometimes. I don't know what they're thinking.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. And the question, regardless of what the reason is, the one question that, that I can't find an answer to is, is why. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you got it at rock-bottom prices, even if it, you know, a nationwide discount chain, you know, like an Ollie's or something, even if they got m- – Truckloads, dozens of truckloads of this stuff, and they're they're selling it so cheap. It doesn't answer the question as to why you wouldn't put it at eighty dollars and just set your repricer aggressively if you want to, since you have so much room. Why wouldn't you make a couple sales at eighty and then the high seventies and then mid seventies and just on your way down? Why? Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah. Why? Why leave? Why leave money on the table? It's it's. Right yeah it's almost uh I don't know, that's business 101 you know make sure not to leave anything on the table and i don't know it's uh it is infuriating i don't know if it will ever stop uh but i don't know hopefully it does one of these days uh eventually you know if it's and my my other thought is could it be someone who is they're like okay i'm willing to just break even i'm gonna make money on cash back and I'm gonna travel the world on my credit card points. Uh, you know, is it one of those folks? And you know, they just don't care. And I don't know. Yeah. So I will say this: if if this is you, um, your addresses are on your Amazon storefronts these days. <laughs> so so you know, one of these days, someone is gonna is gonna look you up and maybe just come knocking on the door. I'm not saying that anyone would do any harm, but you know, just uh, come by and ask you what the heck you're thinking, or maybe hopefully teach you a a good lesson about how to use your repricer. Uh, that would be, uh, I don't know, that would be something I think all of us would, would thank that, uh, that seller for. So,
1: or, you know, just laying on the (coughs) horn with your, with your middle finger out of the window as you drive by that, you know, that uh, that's therapeutic allegedly. Yeah.
0: Allegedly. Absolutely. The, uh, the second airing of grievances is, uh, is, Goes back to the news. Increased fees. It's uh, this is definitely something. I mean, it happens every year. Fees go up. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It, there's there's death taxes and Amazon increasing fees on sellers. Uh, those are the the three things that are guaranteed in life. Um, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and pat our collective backs here on the podcast. And uh, one fee that is. I don't know. That was supposed to be temporary, and that's in air quotes for those of you who are not on on YouTube. Uh, but the fuel and inflation surcharge is going to be part of the regular fees in 2023. Plus, we've got the addition of the storage utilization charge, which hopefully is not uh, does not affect too many people. Uh, and then I, I don't know. There's uh, there's going to be a four cent increase on regular storage fees uh for standard size going into the new year Uh, and so there's always increased fees and it's frustrating it it definitely can hurt margins to start off with Uh, those of us who arbitrage i don't know that I, I think that some folks who have an arbitrage business are very, very business-minded. And, and then for other folks, it's a side hustle, and you cannot give as much time to it as, as you might like to. Uh, and so I think sometimes those folks might forget, oh, well, you know, in business, additional fees are typically passed on to the consumer. Amazon can make this a little bit difficult with things like high-price errors and, and stuff like that. But there's typically some room to, you know, increase your prices some places, but we're also in a dynamic marketplace and Amazon knows this and takes advantage of it and knows that the more competition there is, it drives prices down uh, and that makes the consumer happy and makes the consumer come back and want to shop more. And so there's all these forces at play. Uh, where, you know, the increased fees, you know, do put a little strain on businesses, at least for a while until things kind of hit a level of parity. At least that's what it seems like to me. Um, So this is definitely something to be irritated about. Unfortunately, it's something that's never going to go away.
1: Right. Yeah. You've alluded to it before on, on previous episodes, but any any place you know if you find a you know little corner of profitability that is not crowded uh it's just a matter of time before it gets crowded you know Mm -hmm. the the word will get out uh people will find out um and this is one of those things that there's no there's no good answer you know especially for the the real experienced the longtime sellers um who (laughs) who made a lot of money during uh, you know, the salad days or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's mm-hmm. um, unfortunately um, you have to be ready to adapt. Um, and, and, you know, fees are always going to go up, you know, I mean, there, there's actually one, probably the only scenario is the only time things would, would, <laughs> would probably uh, go in our favor is if Amazon struggled and mm-hmm. if Amazon starts struggling, that's not good for us either, you know? Right. So, uh be careful what you wish for i think um you know and 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 certain things you just have to you have to deal with yeah but uh you know if if sellers start moving off the platform um you know i don't know you could look at it multiple ways you know amazon might have to answer eventually um if enough sellers move off the platform uh and then as a seller you also have to ask yourself if that scenario does play out where are those sellers going and is that Mm -hmm. an opportunity um, you know, there, there's multiple articles um, and, and opinions and people are chewing over the idea of who is going to supplant Amazon, who's, you know, who's going to take it over. Um, you know, some people, the easy answer it, uh, would be Walmart potentially, although I don't I don't see a path. It's difficult to see at this point. But, I, you know, it, 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 there's such a massive company um i know they've made improvements i know uh, Mm um there's been a lot of positive talk from people who sell on walmart um and then but the dark horse is shopify
0: Um, yes
1: you can find some people who think that the better bet would be shopify to take over so if you're a seller uh, you know that's kind of how you have to be thinking forward you know you can Mm -hmm. sit you can sit and whine about you know how you're not making what you used to make and it used to be so easy back in the day and and you know Oh uh, goddamn TikTok, blah blah blah. You know you can sit there and 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 moan and have festivus every day. You know and air your grievances over and over again, or you can look for the opportunity and and see if maybe it's it's time to maybe dabble in a in a Walmart Plus, uh, you know third party seller or Shopify.
0: Yeah, you know you bring up a good point, and you remind me of an article that I read recently, or maybe I can't remember if it was an article or if it was a tweet or. Uh, maybe something that the CEO of Shopify said, who I tell you what, if you guys want to listen to someone who's an absolute, like, like genius, the Shopify CEO is a really, really smart guy. And most of the stuff that most of his talks on YouTube are, are underwatched in my opinion. Um, you know, but they, they have talked about the shop app or whatever they call it. Uh, and Right now, I think it's just kind of a listing of the different stores that are on Shopify. you know. But if they turned that into an actual marketplace where you could search keywords and you then take all of your items from Amazon and cross list them over to a Shopify store where there's a, a a central marketplace that buyers could go to and, you know, I don't know, maybe they want speed stick deodorant and it takes, you know, and it shows, you know, here's, here's 50 different listings of speed stick deodorant. And when you click through it, it takes you to a storefront may not be your storefront. Maybe it's your, you know, another seller storefront, but that could be, that could be the thing that catches up to Amazon. I just, I, I agree with you. I don't see Walmart doing it. Uh, you know, and it's, it, I don't know, in my opinion, there's not really a shortage of marketplaces. Uh, there is Walmart, there's eBay, which honestly it's a, I mean, that's a glorified garage sale if we're being honest about it, you know, there's Facebook marketplace, which is, I don't know, a glorified flea market, um, and dealing with, you know, Facebook people is not, not fun. Uh, you know, but Target and Home Depot, they have marketplaces too. They're harder to get into. You know, but there are those marketplaces as well. If if your niche were to fit over there, um, matter of fact, I noticed that the other day Target had forty percent off toys, and one hundred percent of the toys were marketplace sellers, Spree Tail, and a few others. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'll you know, plus the other thing, Amazon has such a head start, even on Walmart. You know. Amazon bought Jet to try to shortcut the growth curve. And I don't know, now that Mark Laurie is out and trying to build some, uh, you know, future city, I think out in Utah or something, you know, I don't know if they have the kind of guidance that they need going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, places will will take their shots, but uh, yeah, I don't know, there'll be opportunity. Another Mm -hmm. one you you didn't mention is, uh, you know, live shopping. Um, yeah. yeah, I know that's that's getting real popular. Um, that may be another avenue. It it may get to the point where and which certainly isn't going to be. A, it's never a bad idea. But if you kind of uh, um, have multiple places, you know, just, just mm-hmm. be be a seller in, in multiple marketplaces at the same time, you know, kind of diversify um, so that you're not relying on. on uh, so, so that doesn't hurt so bad, you know, yeah. and then you're, yeah. you're, you're you'll stay in tune with what's going on a little better
0: you know that uh you mentioning live shopping that kind of you know i know that in china live shopping is huge uh and i know that america there we're uh, we're slowly pick i don't want to say we're slowly picking it up because this is really not a novel idea qvc and hsn have been around since i was a child i mean i remember my mom you know uh I grew up in a very poor area of town. We were very, very broke all the time, and but I know that my mom would shop things from QVC that you know might make her feel good, and you know, only three payments in 1999 really sealed the deal. Uh, so live shopping has been around for a long, long time, uh, and one, I think there's opportunity here for people who have a camera presence. Uh, and also maybe know the Amazon space or are, are, are willing to be on camera and learn that, uh, that ability, there's probably going to be an opportunity, some sort of agency where you can you know, sell other people's products, uh, live shopping, whether it's in Amazon's new TikTok style feed or their current live shopping, or if it's you know, also streaming to Facebook and, and wherever else you might go. Uh, but I think that could be an interesting opportunity for someone who, who figures it out. Um, yeah. So, yep.
1: All right. So we'll, uh, uh, move on to the next one. <laughs> we could go on and on about, uh, about that. Um, but I think the ultimate thing to close that out, that last thought is if you were one of the early ones to Amazon, there's nothing keeping you from being the early ones into the next, you know, the next one. If the ship really is going down, like we fear it is with all the, the in- Uh, the increases in fees. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: um, the next one, another I've, uh, uh, I've used my meme skills uh, to to display this one as well. Uh, Air quotes again for the audio crowd, gurus who give bad advice. Um, And the one, (laughs) the one example uh, I mentioned it before, the mysterious IPI score. Um, There are guidelines Amazon publishes it. Uh, they have clearly said that your restock rate would, does not affect your IPI. Uh-huh. However, there are very, very big accounts who <laughs> give anecdotal evidence that uh, they've they increased, uh, you know, they improved their restock score and their IPI went up. And it's, that's just what happened. They're just reporting what happened week over week. Um, however, that is false. Uh, Amazon says so, um, there's no, I'm not, there's no conspiracy that, you know, Amazon prints one thing and, and, you know, practices something else. Uh, you know, uh, but, and that's just one example. And there are a lot, um, you know, we've, we've talked about when we talk about tribes, you know, and, and getting involved with, with the people, you know, um, sellers do themselves A disservice by not reading more of uh amazon seller central and and Mm -hmm. the guides that they put out um it and that's that would be one that's probably the easiest way is to find some information and you know actually kind of pre-grade any guru that you're, you're you know before you jump in uh head first into uh you know their philosophies um but, uh, you know, you, there needs to be some sort of uh, diligence done because there, there's a whole lot of bad advice out there, Chris. You, I, you are excluded, of course.
0: I, well, I, I appreciate that. I, I won't say that I never get anything wrong, uh, but I, I do try to admit it when, uh, when I am wrong. Uh, and a lot of times, the only reason I, I might be right is because I do exactly what you said. You know, I will... Before I, before I answered the question that came up about the increased fees, the very first thing I did was I went out and I found what Amazon has posted about it in Amazon Seller Central. Uh, and then I gave some thoughts and I linked directly to it so that you, you could see exactly what Amazon says about it because the original post about this storage utilization fee uh, came from my favorite place, the Amazon Seller Forums. Uh, which we know is uh I don't know it's it's sort of like the uh oh those uh I can't remember the name of them, but those you know those rags those gossip rags you see at the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the yeah. checkout, you know yeah. uh so the but star yeah, I went
1: national enquirer,
0: yes, thank you uh but yeah i went I went straight to the source to to figure this stuff out and see whether or not it was gonna be an actual big deal or not. Uh, and, and then something that I think not only gurus but also just every Amazon seller needs to know is that uh, sometimes causate or correlation sorry, causation is not correlation or whatever that saying is. But uh, you know, just because just because B happens after you did A, uh, does not necessarily mean that they're intertwined. You know, but may make it may feel like it makes sense, but we always need to go and double check that and and maybe uh, bounce that idea off somebody else before we throw it out there into the ether and, uh, and give anybody bad advice.
1: Yeah. And the, you know, the, and we're not even touching on the low hanging fruit of all of the the gurus out there that try to make this a, a get rich quick. You know, the, the ones with the, you know, the rented Lambos and, and, you know, wearing the Rolex and, and, and whatnot you know that's mm-hmm, uh, we didn't mm-hmm. even touch on those uh, those should be easy to spot i hope so
0: yeah this episode is sponsored by the watch lending club by the way uh <laughs> no i i kid i kid please don't come after us uh, you guys um yeah you know what's what's interesting about that is i i use the it's no i don't know i haven't hidden it but i have really gotten onto to twitter and really am trying to embrace that platform because uh uh, I've got a face for Twitter. I don't have a face for Instagram, and uh, and there's also a lot of smart people over there. Uh, so, you know, I will use some of the advanced search features, and I'll go and I'll look and see what other people are saying about Amazon. And the amount of times that I see Amazon FBA and passive income uh, in the same tweet sometimes makes me want to puke. Uh, and, and and that goes it's that's everywhere. It's on every social media channel. It's on. TikTok, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's, you know, it's in YouTube ads, uh, because passive income is a, is a buzzword and, uh, gets people to watch your, your video or things like that. Um, I don't know. That's, that's been a a point of pride for me, I think is to, uh, to always try to be straight and say, you know what, this is, this is hard work, you know, It, it compounds, uh, and, and it can. My buddy Nate calls it passive income because you can get paid on work you did in the past. And you find a really good uh replan and and that's, you know, that lasts you for 6 months and the amount of work to replenish it is a whole heck of a lot less than it is uh to go out and source new products every single day, you know, but it it's not what I consider passive. It's not just uh cashing uh dividend checks from from whatever fat fire stock you bought. So Uh, oh, let's see. The next one is, uh, the seller that returns bad or tanked buys or products used for ungating. Now, I wrote a little bit of a, of a thread on this and I shared it on, uh, on every social media channel because, uh, it's something that I saw more and more people talking about. Now, I do want to say that if you've done this or if you do this, I'm not judging you. I get it. Uh, I I have,
1: (laughs) I, yeah, I totally am jackass. That's all right.
0: (laughs) I, I, before I knew better, I have done it in the past. Okay. And this was before probably what, you know, I think nowadays when you say, I'm a reseller, I think maybe 50% of the people in, in the world probably are like, oh, okay, I know what that is. Uh, and the other 50% are completely clueless. Uh, you know, but there was a time when only like you know, 10% of the people in the world knew what you were doing and, and you could get away with it. And it wasn't really a big deal because, you know, there was only one person returning 10 units of, of an item. There wasn't, you know, 50 people doing it. So, uh, it's a bad practice. You should not do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, if you make a bad buy and you then return it to the store, it's really not fair to the store. Uh, you know, you bought it thinking you're going to make a profit on it. Uh, now that you don't need to make a profit on it, you return it to a store. Well, what if they now have to clearance it out because that's store policy? Target actually does this quite often. You'll go to the clearance section and you'll see the sticker on it that says uh, it was a web return or something like that. Uh, and or it'll say open box, but you can see that none of the seals have ever been tampered with those are just returns that someone came and dropped off and they can't put it back on the shelf as new. Uh, You know, and this happens at at other places as well. It's even bigger if it's online uh, arbitrage. Uh, You know, a lot of times they've got to liquidate that stuff out. And what really pushed me over the edge and and made me decide to say something was the fact that, uh, uh, what's the name of that place? Uh, Frontier Co-op. They decided to change their return policy. And so what's happened now, and I, I'm not just blaming resellers, maybe this is something that they're doing to uh, to weather, uh, you know, what everyone feels like is a coming recession, uh, you know, but they've added a 20% restock fee to any of their products, and all of their products have to be brand new. You can't return anything used or or opened or anything like that. And so now what's happened is, they have become less competitive to the big boys. They, have, they are less competitive just because of this one rule change to Amazon, to Walmart, to Target. And while I would typically take the stance of, well, that's capitalism, they made a choice and everything like that, if this is a result of resellers or largely because of resellers, we have made them less competitive uh, and I don't want to see that for anybody. I don't want you to be less competitive than your competition. Uh, you know, I want everyone to be on equal footing and this kind of gives them a uh, kind of a one foot on a banana peel, unfortunately. So, sorry, I was really long winded, but I am, this kind of does irritate me maybe more than I, I try to let on.
1: I don't, it was never an option in my opinion, you know, it it's, you didn't even mention, you know, reputation, you know, of, uh, you know, resellers or, or you know, um, in general, you know, it, it's, let's be honest, the the, the list of stores that uh, are good to resellers and, and have no problem with us, it doesn't feel like it's growing, Mm-mm. you know? Um, so you certainly, you know, returning something to bail yourself out of a bad buy, you got to take that hit. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's just, the way it goes you know it, it's you know we've we've talked about you know price tanking everyone talks about price tanking and 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 whatnot you know i mean they're, they're going to be bad buys that, you know just chalk it up to uh you know pareto's 80 20 you know mm-hmm. it, it's just yeah you know, it, that if it was a bad buy that you know that's not part of you know the 20 percent that that that's really keeping the engine running anyway you know just absorb it move on um, you know, I have, you know, I, I just have five years worth of pink Himalayan salt in the cupboard. You know, it's just, it's just how it goes. I you know, I sold a little bit of it, took my loss, but, uh, it ungated grocery and I have profited thousands upon thousands. Uh, so I will, uh, th- that, that Himalayan salt will just collect dust and, and I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah. You make a, you make a really good point about reseller reputation. Um, the adjectives used for us by you know the regular public is is not necessarily uh not necessarily the most uplifting you know things like scalper uh price gauger, you know those kind of <laughs> things uh, and uh yeah, I certainly don't want to see stores uh, kind of putting us uh you know in that same box that uh buyers put us in at times so.
1: You'll have you'll have situations like target you know where they, where they they hate resellers they uh you know they resent buying lost leaders and, and just to flip it and but then at the same time they're also opening up their website uh, to third-party sellers I've seen that uh, more and more uh, recently yep. as I look at target stuff so I don't know how both those exist but that's where we're at Hey guys, wanted to take a quick second
0: and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelfcom forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now
1: back to the show. All right. Um, Speaking of uh, uh, my own personal cupboard, uh, the next grievance that we need to air is the household family member, which is just a nice way of me saying my wife, uh, that helps themselves to your inventory, thinking that they receive some sort of five-finger discount on anything that catches their fancy. Get your your grubby mitts (laughs) off of my inventory.
0: I... I, I agree with you on 100%, you know, I, it's, uh, it's no secret that I like the beauty category, uh, and my dear wife who I love more than anything, uh, she is a, she is a fan of most things beauty related. Uh, you know, there's a ton of makeup, tons of brushes, tons of, uh, you know, smelly things i i don't i don't know i sell the stuff i don't know anything about the stuff um and uh, but she does and she will see something uh and be like ooh i can take that and i'm like okay you can take that you know she especially likes when there are returns i told her about lancome uh being gated and i'm like i'm going to sell through all of my inventory before I have, I I can't sell it anymore. I said, but if I happen to get any back, you can have it. I won't, you know, try to resell it. Uh, But yeah, that, that happens a lot. And I don't know. I I don't really sell toys anymore, but there was a time when I did sell a fair amount of toys. And I know that several SKUs made it to my son's bedroom before they got uh, on a truck. So,
1: yeah, look, I, my two youngest children are both girls and mm-hmm. I, I won't kid anyone. They have pretty much full control over me. Right. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm a goner. Right. I, and I'm not even going to pretend like I'm not. So the, the little one for some, for some reason it felt like toy story four, when that came out, it felt like the toys went on clearance pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So I, I for, for some reason, I guess maybe the merchandise, maybe it was pandemic times or whatever, but I ended up finding a, ton of toy story toys in especially walmart's clearance aisle and the the little just this this beautiful little girl with her two-year-old puppy dog eyeballs would just wander into my room and see a see a bow peep or something like that and just look and daddy can i it's like god damn it <laughs> like <laughs> fine <laughs> you know, you just i mean i wouldn't yell at her but uh, I I was powerless. Uh, yeah, and it's uh yeah the toy boxes have so much of of my inventory in them. It, it's ridiculous. I
0: I'll tell you what I don't know what twist of fate or or uh, good tidings or whatever whatever it is, but uh, I am really lucky to not be a girl dad. Uh, I <laughs> <You're> am <wrong. laughs> I am a pushover uh, when it comes to any kids. Okay. Uh, and you know, my kid is no different today. Today we're out uh, doing a little bit of, uh, of Christmas shoplifting. Uh, and you know, he's having a, he's having a rough day spending dad's money on Christmas presents for, for other people. Uh, and so we walk by the, the little, uh, uh, the little, you know, chair massage place that's at the mall. And he's like, he's like, dad, maybe, maybe, maybe we should have a 10 minute massage. And I'm like, yeah okay you know you're you're out here not spending your own money let's let's treat ourselves uh you know also not on on your dime uh and with a girl, I don't know what I would do. i would be bankrupt and uh you know just uh just a shell of a man
1: yeah it's uh yeah it, it, you're just powerless i it's it's such a helpless feeling uh but it's uh if they, if they could be wonderful at the same time you know yeah. my wife actually my wife has actually started during the sourcing part of it, she wanders in here and just kind of looks over my shoulder and and goes, "Ooh, why don't you get an next <laughs> one?" of <those?" laughs> That's always fun. That's uh, oh, that's great. That's going to make me install a door in 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 this room and uh, with a deadbolt.
0: That is, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, the next one, regating or closing of brands by Amazon. We just just talked about Lancome. Uh, we know that my wife loves Lancome and 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 some other uh, brands that uh, we sell, uh, but this this is happening. It happens regularly. This is something that's been around forever. It's always irritating. Uh, the biggest example most recently is, is Lancome probably, which is a little bit of a higher end brand, not like a $400 a bottle, a jar brand, but you know, it, I've sold a few things for maybe 150, 175 bucks from the brand. Uh, so it's, you know, it's irritating uh, and they always have really great sales. I believe Crayola just got gated as well, uh, or, you know, closed down. Uh, that's a massive brand that I know a lot of sellers have sold in the past. Um, I actually, I remember the last Crayola item I sold, uh, it was height of the pandemic. I was selling, uh, so much sidewalk chalk, uh, and that was the last Crayola item I, I ever sold. Um, not because I don't want to or anything like that. I just have, I just don't sell a lot of, of that type of stuff, uh, you know. But this is it's always frustrating. Um, Lancome they did give us until like the end of January of 2023. So as of right now, that's about a month and a half, month and three quarters. But Crayola was less than 24 hour warning, uh, and that's the part that's really irritating is when they give you such a short time to either clear out your inventory or sell through it, uh, you know, and then who's to say that, you know, it becomes restricted and you wake up, you know, and then Amazon's like, oh, hey, here's some violations for having restricted inventory, you know, that's not, not unheard of, uh, you know, so that's, that's awful frustrating.
1: Yeah. You know, you, you think it's pretty obvious that that these brands have no idea you know you you wish they were a little bit better um you know how many yeah i mean just think all the brands that that hire brand protection agencies you know Mm -hmm. like you just lighten these dollars on fire you know it's um you know it's it's fun it's funny you can watch these some of these companies you know you'll have whether they go brand protection or sometimes they they jump on a listing for a real short period of time and then you'll see it you know, you'll see it at MSRP, you know, but they only have just, you know, less than a hundred in stock or something like that. And then they just go away and, and never come back. You know, I almost I picture some department, you know, in, at you know, corporate headquarters just going, Oh, we got, we gotta do something, you know, and just throwing darts at the wall and, and trying to figure it out.
0: I'm I'm always curious why brands don't take a more an attitude more like Disney and, and and Nike you know those are those are two of the biggest brands in the world uh, you know at least if not dollar wise uh, definitely by um, recognizability okay uh, and Nike's like yeah we don't we don't care resell all you want uh, we are gonna come after uh, counterfeiters you know on occasion fine that's great Disney. Disney is the same way. They're like, okay, we're going to hop on and off the listing. Uh, We obviously don't know how to uh, handle all of our inventory properly. Uh, So we're going to hop on and off the listing. But you know what, when we're not on the listing, or even when we are on the listing, we don't care. Anybody can sell the the Disney products as long as you're ungated. Uh, And I know that both of those brands require ungating typically, uh, you know, but I don't know why everyone's not just like, okay, are we really being harmed by uh, these two, you know, guys reselling our brand? No, we're not. Uh, Nobody knows that it's not coming directly from the brand, Uh, you know. I get that some people are actually worried that gray market goods or or counterfeit goods are going to get out there, but there's different ways to attack that, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is an opportunity to for somebody to educate brands, but there needs to be a payoff for that, and I'm not sure brands are going to go, "Hey, can we pay you money to let us know why we should let third-party sellers sell our products?" So I guess that wouldn't work as a viable business.
1: Yep, and the, the law firms that, that do play both sides uh, don't seem to be giving the brands uh, that that kind of advice. Yeah all right so the next one that i want to talk about is the, the the runaround reconciliation product process of a lost fba box uh boy this is this is so frustrating uh because because you hear the the, the cycle uh, you know the carousel that you go through where amazon tells you you need to contact ups and then you contact ups and ups tells you that well technically amazon is the shipper so we would need to we would need to discuss it with them and you just continue in this loop until the end of time and you've pulled all your hair out and you're banging your head against the wall
0: yeah i other than and i don't know if there's a great um if there's a great solution to this other than paying someone else to bang their head against the wall instead of you uh I think that's really the the only option at this point. Um, and I'm also I'm curious. I'm, I just wonder who is who is training the people that tell you to contact UPS? Uh, because I mean it, that's obviously incorrect information. We know that Amazon is the shipper of record. Uh, you know, we're we're shipping inside of like everyone knows that. Uh, and so the employees have to know and I I just sometimes I'm curious. Is there some rogue manager? Who's like, you know what? We could really increase Amazon's profitability or, or hit these certain KPIs in our department If we just tell these sellers that You know, you need to contact UPS and so like we're gonna try this for a while and just see if these uh, these sellers just go away because they're so frustrated with us and then maybe we make a bonus because our profitability is up this quarter or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious how often that happens, if it happens at all, at Amazon.
1: You know what I'm wondering is how long until we get to the point – point. I know some channels have tried this, but it doesn't seem like it's been effective. You know what we need is is we need our own lobbyist. We need, we need like, all of the sellers collectively – we need a lobbyist to go in, and we need Amazon to be cool with it, and, and assign a you know a department that the lobbyist can talk to, and and just give all these real world problems, you know, th- this this down in the trenches, like, look, this is what happens, you know, this this can't fly. There's no solution to this. There's you know, and you know, have some sort of interface, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, and uh, you know, it, it sounds sounds like pie in the sky uh you know maybe it it, as it (laughs) as i'm saying it out loud but uh you know you throw in the fact that how big of a percentage the third-party sellers make um as far as that you know the the sales revenue for amazon maybe it's not so far-fetched
0: i mean with third-party sellers knocking at the door of 60 percent of amazon's retail sales uh it does make sense you know and I I, I want to say that the president of retail operation I think his name is Darmesh, uh, if I'm not mistaken. If I am, you guys are welcome to uh, to tell us in the comments. But um, it I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to say. You know what? We're going to hire a person who reports to the president of retail operations, uh, and it's their job to basically uh, I don't know either either work with a seller advocate, so maybe someone in the community who would be like, you know what, I will, I will take in all of the information. I'll take it to Amazon or be like, you know what, here's an email inbox. You guys can send in the issues that you're seeing, um, and we'll take a look at it and we'll try to, you know, action these, uh, that, I don't know. The only the only thing that worries me about doing that is not everyone's going to necessarily have the right words. Uh, and I right. would imagine a lot of the emails are just going to, you know, be the the middle finger emoji, uh, you We're know. Right. But yeah, we'll just, it we'll would just
1: tell Amazon like, hey, uh, so we got this organization. We've got a figurehead that's going to talk. Um, it, it's kind of like a union. You guys open to that? Right. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure that'll get a positive. <laughs> oh, Amazon yeah. Loves unions, right? Oh, they love it
0: absolutely love it <laughs> all right so the next one which ties right into what chris just talked about is fba shipments closed with zero items received now we know that ind4 what well, this was a big one recently lots of shoes uh getting uh closed out with zero items received we know that when we talk to our uh the attorney that we have on the show here jeff schick He talked about having to take several of these to legal uh, and try to get them dealt with that way. Uh, It does seem like this is uh, kind of rolling back a little bit. Seems like fewer of these are happening, but they still do happen. Uh, And then you get those, those emails, oh, well, we need an invoice, not a receipt. And I'm like, well, that's not true. That's not in the terms of service anywhere uh, or you'll be like, oh, well, we need your supplier's supplier. I sent in Nike shoes. I mean, you know, I can't get you the name of the Chinese factory who made these for Nike. Uh, Nike is the supplier. You know, those, those ones are kind of ridiculous. Uh, but unfortunately, you just have to beat your head against that proverbial wall until Amazon kind of gives in
1: and you know it doesn't help that uh, i don't know if this is a, a company wide policy but my ups store doesn't weigh the boxes anymore interesting yeah the guy behind the counter said no we don't we don't have to weigh them uh you know, so they just i take the cart and they just kind of hit their hit it with their scan gun and and off i go which wouldn't i'm you know, now luckily i haven't had an issue with uh you know closed with with zero items received uh i'm i'm shipping to uh MJQ one, and they have been okay. great. If anyone at MJQ is listening, <laughs> keep up the good work. Uh, so I, I've been lucky in that sense, but yeah, I, how it's it's ridiculous. The you know the the reconciliation of it on, on you know what what do the receipts have to do with it? You know, I mean, you, like you don't know what's going on. You know, the, yeah, that's the part that's frustrating is when Amazon gives you what you need to do to solve the problem, and they're just tone deaf about what, you mm-hmm. know, what the real process is and, and, you know, who the, the seller that they're working with, how they deal and how they operate.
0: Mm-hmm. And it changes sometimes There be one email that says, give us this, you give them that. And the next one is like, Oh no, we need this instead. Uh, you know, and moving the goalpost is really the thing that it probably irritates me the most.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one we want to talk about, this is, <laughs> I've probably brought this up before, but the uh, the Facebook group member or whatever group it could it's not necessarily Facebook, but if but if you're in a, a collection with other sellers on a social media platform, uh, the the one member, well, it's not just one, <laughs> but when the members ask the question that has been asked and answered hundreds upon hundreds of times already, and it's clear that they have done no searching. No reading whatsoever in the group. People, please, please, just that little magnifying glass, just give it a shot. Put in, you know, just type in what, you, what you're what you about to ask, just like you would in the comment section before you post it. Just type that in the magnifying glass section and just see if the answer is there already. Please, please. I beg you.
0: Yeah, that, that is a good one. Uh, I will... Uh, this 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 happens a lot with like ungating hey where can i get ungated in this and and that question's been you know answered over and over again Uh, it is wise to do a little bit of work and so i don't know i i really try to be very empathetic here because i understand that trying to learn something new is difficult and scary and and things like that Uh, so on one hand i i do try to be empathetic on the other hand I do want you to do some work because that, you know, when you actually put forth a little bit of effort for something, you're probably going to learn it a little bit better. You're going to retain that a little bit better. Uh, and so it's actually, it, it behooves you to do the, the extra work. Uh, and then I also want, I want you to be protected from, from the people who've been around for 10, 15 years who see those kind of things. And they're like, Oh, I'm going in, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, troll
1: time activate
0: (laughs) exactly because because that happens and and i i don't i don't like it i don't you know i don't want it to happen because that that right there can put a bad taste in someone's mouth oh well this community sucks and that's not necessarily the case um just always a good idea to do do a little bit of searching first
1: yeah Uh, you know and honestly it's it's indicative of at least i feel like it's indicative of your own business you know, because if if you can't go into a, a group in social media and dig around and try to find the answer yourself, I don't believe that you're going into Seller Central and digging around and trying to find the guidelines that you're supposed to be following. Mm-hmm. And if you're violating guidelines, you know, thinking about the, the collective, us as a whole, you know, I, I, they, that could be damaging to, to all of us potentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got, uh, something I always try to remember is, I don't know. Being an entrepreneur, being a reseller, I, 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 yeah, resellers and entrepreneurs are kind of the same thing. We're, we're, you know, we're business focused and business is really just us solving a series of problems. I, that's why, that's why entrepreneurship and, and business ownership, that's why there is no ceiling on the amount of income that you earn. Because if you solve unlimited problems, you make unlimited money. Uh, and, and so if you get into that habit early and say, you know what, when, when problems come up, I want to, I want to be the person solving them, uh, in the long run, you're going to end up doing much, much better. Uh, so yeah, uh, the next one, oh man, Amazon automation is bullshit. We have, we did an entire, this is actually one of our, I think one of our top 10 episodes, uh, on, on the podcast. Um. Recently, there are two gurus in the space who have fallen from grace. Uh, one of them has filed bankruptcy uh, after it's reported that they took in thirty million dollars from from others. i don't I don't know the details, so don't don't come after me for slander. I'm just telling you what I have read so far. Uh, and I do know that they've gone into bankruptcy that uh, someone took over their Instagram account for them. Uh, where you can go and fill out, you know, paperwork as a, uh, as a debtor or a daddy. I always forget which one is which, but, uh, and then another one is I think being taken to the woodshed by the FTC. Um, it's unfortunate. I, I, I feel really, really bad for the people who invested money in these kind of things. Uh, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I, unfortunately when there is the opportunity to make money like there is on the Amazon platform, there are going to be wolves among us. It's just, it's just the way it There, you know, snake oil salesmen don't go, uh, town to town, you know, selling medicinal remedies in a bottle anymore. They do it on the internet, uh, in every single space that there is, uh, whether it's health, wealth, or relationships, all the places that people spend money on, there will always be a snake oil salesman. So you've got to do some due diligence before you do business with folks. If, if it seems too easy, I mean, come on, if I can give someone 30 grand and they're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to make sure you have $2,000 a month in profit, uh, every single month forever on autopilot. I mean, honestly, honestly, you know, if I could do that straight up, I would never tell anybody. I would just be seeing how many times I can give someone $30,000 to do that because I'd be retired really quickly. So it just doesn't work. Uh, and that, that goes for Amazon automation. Uh, I don't trust YouTube automation. I don't trust trucker automation uh, and all these other automations that are out there, Walmart. Um, I just be really, really careful. Uh, I just, I don't see any of them coming out on, uh, on, in a positive note.
1: Right. And that, uh, if that's one, a, maybe one B, uh, uh, of the grievance would be, uh, those, those burner social media accounts, uh, that slide into your DMS with a, either an automation or a drop shipping offer. Um, again, I, I, I memeified this too, um, apparently i've had grievances that i've been rolling over in my head for a very long time chris uh but uh yeah like uh, (laughs) tell me if you if you've seen this movie before uh you get a new follower and then they like 20 to 30 of your instagram posts all within in like two minutes flat is there ever not a dm with an offer waiting for you (laughs)
0: This just happened to me the other day. Someone, someone, you know, liked, you know, the last 10 or 15 posts on Instagram. And then the DM comes in. Hey, have you ever heard about selling on Amazon? I'm like, seriously? Like, that's, that's, that's my entire Instagram feed is just Amazon related stuff. And I think maybe one picture of my family. Uh, So, so you obviously didn't look before you liked
1: And what a, what a miserable job. Like there's gotta be a better job than that. Come on.
0: I mean, just, just the abuse that you must take from people who do take the time to reply back to you. Uh, So I get, I get these spam text messages on occasion. uh, And it'll just be a hello. Well, as soon as that happens, I always I do reply back to those because it's always like 11 o'clock at night or, or, you know, maybe one o'clock in the morning. I'm in bed. I'm maybe watching a little bit of TV before I go to bed and I get a I get a text. Hello. And I know what's coming after that. And so I just I I start writing back like. Hey, thanks for subscribing to cat facts. You'll be charged 3.99 for every text message. And then I start sending them cat facts that I copy and paste off Google. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I wish I had time to do that as a full-time job because it is kind of fun.
1: It is fun. It is fun. I usually just text back F off. Uh, <laughs> it's,
0: you just get right to the point.
1: I do. I, I mean, yeah. it depends on the mood. I, I sometimes, you know, I, I'm not always creative. You
0: know so. <laughs> uh, the next one uh the next grievance is uh razor thin margins uh sellers don't always understand their numbers and this is this is not i'm uh, not necessarily calling any one particular person out uh, it's actually something that took me a long time i'm not a i'm not a math guy this is why we don't do public math here or anywhere else that i i do stuff but uh it can be difficult to understand your numbers this can then lead to price tanking because maybe you think your margins are x when they're actually y uh, and now you've set up your repricer wrong uh, it can give you a false belief that you're profitable yeah credit cards paid off every month you know, you've got food in the refrigerator uh you know but are you actually profitable this is something that's really really important to know not only for yourself and and to help you make wise business decisions going forward but uh, the irs really wants you to to have your numbers right it, they're kind of a stickler about that uh, but what happens is if you don't get a hold of your numbers one day you're gonna find out that you're gonna turn into the next pharma and it may not be you know it may not be a hundred million dollar mistake uh like pharmapax made it might just be it might just be a thousand dollar or a hundred thousand dollar mistake, but it's still one of those things that will end up catching catching up to you. Uh, it'll make it more difficult to go out and get funding if you want to grow your business. Uh, it'll make it, you know, make it, it also just make you feel bad, you know, when you're finally like, oh, I actually didn't make any money and I worked my tail off, um, and. I know. I think one of the biggest reasons to know your numbers is to be able to in a year or two years or how, however long it is to be able to say, okay, is, is it time to pivot or am I on the right track here? And I really just need to double down. Uh, because I mean, if we're honest, sometimes quitting is the right decision. It's okay to, to fold up and, and go do something else. Uh, but if your numbers are you know if you don't know your numbers you cannot make that decision from an informed place uh so yeah really really important to know your numbers whether you're doing the numbers yourself or you have a bookkeeper or a cpa or whatever it is just make sure you've got some sort of p l uh you know every month or or once a quarter so you know what's going on in your business
1: yeah just you have to take the time to do that boring stuff you know it, it's just there's um you know and to your point you know like entrepreneurs the the key entrepreneurs have lots of businesses that fail you know and then mm-hmm. they don't find that discouraging um you know it's it's just it's okay it's time to move on and and it that means the next one has a better chance of being the home run you know they they, they don't get discouraged by it but the key uh, to to a failing business is knowing it, or getting out as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. You know that that's the art of, of being you know an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. You know, it's, yeah, it's knowing knowing when it's time to bail. Uh, that yeah. can be worth huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh you know, if, if if any or if anything you know stop you from from making mistakes that that will affect you for a very very long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, knowing your numbers, you, you just have to you have to be okay with the boring stuff, um, you know, and knowing your numbers and and just taking some sort of stock on a regular basis uh, because there's there's a lot of very aggressive um, philosophies out there being taught. Um, I see a lot of people um, and. I'm certainly, you know, if you're successful, like I love it. You know, I, I, I love seeing these posts. I love seeing some of those numbers. It was inspiring to me when when I wasn't even close to where I wanted to be in this business, but I was still, you know, excited, enthusiastic about it. That inspired me to keep going, and it let me know that it was possible. Um, but honestly, if I'm being honest, there there are a lot of people who show or say, um some of these numbers of the amount of inventory that they're buying coupled with the amount of time that they've been selling, which is usually a shorter period of time. You know, it, there are people buying a whole bunch of stuff and and I fear that they're just kind of following a recipe given to them, mm-hmm. uh, which is dangerous. You know, we, we've talked about it multiple different parts of this business is, you know, know your numbers, um, you know, manage your debt correctly, you know, know what you can Know how much of a debt load you can carry, and and I just I I worry about some of these people that I see on on social media. Um, you know, they're enthusiastic right now, and they're buying a whole bunch of stuff, and and these numbers are astronomical. Um, you know, and sure, a lot of them have, you know, UPS pickup porch pictures that that are very impressive. Um, but I I worry, you know, if yeah. if you don't if you don't know what margin is or you know you can't you can't explain it uh uh you know cohesively i you know it, and we've talked about the same thing with the you know, just new sellers and uh you know like the list of tools you know that's that's the same concept or people who go okay um i'm gonna start selling on amazon uh i need to according to this post i need to go buy a rolo i need inventory labs i need Tactical arbitrage i need uh you know a refund company i need uh, you know you don't like don't get that stuff until you know what it's for and preferably don't get that stuff until you know, it's going to save you time and make you more efficient. Yes.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It, I really do agree with you. I, I do worry about, you know, some of the folks with capital one cards and, and American express cards. Like if anything happens, if you know, if you can't, uh, deal with, uh, an economic downturn, which we still don't know, like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You know? Uh, but if it does happen and you know, are you going to be able to weather that storm? Um, yeah, I've, I've built up cash reserves because I was, you know, I was in business during a 2008 recession. So I knew, okay, well, if we've got another one coming down the pipe, which historically this is about right, you know, about, about the right number of years to have a little, Little economic enema. It's good to have cash saved up, um, and so we've got that. And I would never, I would never spend more than than the cash that I have in the bank now. Now, we're we're a lot different than you know. If I were twenty, twenty one, and you know, I was either still living at home or maybe I had a cheap apartment somewhere. You know, do I do I risk everything? You know, put put everything on other people's dime and, and push it as hard as I can, maybe, you know, uh, but now that I'm a dad and now that I, you know, I'm a husband and I got to make sure that other people have a roof over their house. My, my thoughts have changed a lot on that. So yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Time will tell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the guru that I want to follow doesn't, uh, you know, isn't standing next to a Lamborghini, uh, you know, they're standing next to their, uh, their clock with no alarm set and uh, a bunch of groceries. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. You know, like I'm doing this, I'm feeding my family. I'm, you know, I'm controlling my own time. That's it. Sign me up for that guru. Right. So, all right. So, uh, you know, this this, uh, next grievance kind of um, rolls into what we were just talking about too. Uh, This one comes from Twitter. Uh, Thank you to everyone um, that responded. Um, But people incorrectly using repricers. Um, (laughs) this is, uh, this could go a bunch of different ways because it, you know, if you're doing it incorrectly, you you could be causing chaos in, in a couple of different directions, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it echoes what we just talked about. Knowing your numbers, know your tools too, please, you know, like know what they're doing. Um, how many, (laughs) I don't know how many people that, that you see on social media or, um, somewhere else you know just telling like my repricer is selling stuff below my minimum i yeah i don't i don't believe that most of the time like my knee my knee-jerk reaction to that statement is mm, uh, user error <laughs> you know like like or the the id10t error if, if you're familiar with that. i'm familiar <laughs> you know? with that
0: i do it all the time
1: <laughs> right like I, I just i don't believe you you know like like it, you have to prove that that you've actually read uh, you know, the guides and, and you, you've actually studied the tool before I believe that a repricer is actually uh, pricing below the men. And that's just one example. But, you know, you, you see people who don't understand the, the philosophy or the, you know, the algorithm that they've chosen as their default uh, and they're not understanding why or, or, they're, or how about this one, not using uh, once every 24 hours reprice up to my max. You know, like that's everyone should be using that um if, and if you don't know what i'm talking about please read up on it mm-hmm. what, do, yeah, what do you I don't, think
0: Chris? I, I agree number one i don't know of any repricer that doesn't have something like that built in you know repricing to your max um i know that i reprice to my max for several hours overnight uh you know just in case other people don't uh, don't do that they can stay low they can sell through uh while my my price is, is maxed out. Um but yeah learning learning how to use your tools is absolutely key. Uh this is I don't know. There I could probably do a lot better course wise if I were to come out with something that just was all encompassing. You know here's your you know here's your FBA roadmap I could build. Uh, and if that's someone's course name i i'm not like dogging you or anything like that uh, it just came to mind but uh, i could probably sell a ton of that kind of thing however i've always typically broken things up we've got keepa academy just about keepa because that's how important it is uh, we've got the repricer challenge which is all about one particular repricer mostly but the front end of it is kind of about the mechanics of how repricers work Because it's important to know those things. Um, Now, and then, you know, the OA challenge is all about sourcing and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I've always broken them up separately because I think they're so important to learn separately uh, and to make sure that you can have it when you're ready for that particular tool. But repricers, especially. So, one, uh, make sure you're getting a quality one. I know that there's one or two out there who, you know, people, uh, are that are very popular with people, uh, which I don't personally think are, are that great, um, you know. But spend spend money on a repricer and then learn how to use it properly. Uh, whether that's just reading all of their blog posts or getting them to help you walk through the the software, uh, because it's incredibly important. And don't ever use Amazon's ever. <laughs> uh, that's that's a horrible mistake, you know. But uh, yeah, absolutely learn how to use your repricer because there's no better way to shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, and, and then what I like to do is I, on Friday, every single Friday, I have a, a calendar alarm set so that I go in and I just double check and make sure, you know, did I accidentally screw something up when I added SKUs to my repricer? And so I go through and I, I look at every single listing Just to make sure I didn't screw it up. And it's worth the 15, 20 minutes that it takes just to make sure that I'm protecting myself from my own stupidity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this next one is, this one might be a really stupid uh, pet peeve of mine, but... If you spend any time in the electronics category, there are sellers who add, uh, you know, it's it's their name, uh, Mega Electronics or, or you know Circuit City, uh, you know Part Do, uh, and then at the end of that, they'll put in uh, in brackets, uh, SN recorded or, or serial number recorded. Uh, now, I'll explain why they do this. They want to let the buyers know that the serial number on their electronic has been recorded uh, and if it gets returned and another serial number is on the item that, you know, they'll be able to do something about it. (laughs) Here's the thing. You can't, okay? Anybody can return anything on Amazon for any reason. You know, the wind blew the wrong direction one day. I can return the item I bought 30 days ago. No questions asked. Uh, I can say it was damaged even though it wasn't. I can do whatever. Uh, And there are videos on how to do all of this stuff. There's even videos out there on how to return broken electronics or used shoes uh, and keep the ones that you got for free. Ethical, absolutely not. Uh, But you saying that you've recorded the serial number is not going to uh, make the person who might want to actually cause you monetary harm to move to the next seller who doesn't have that in their name. Uh they're gonna buy from whoever they buy from. Uh so it's silly, I know, because I shouldn't really care, but it's always just gotten under my skin that they that sellers put this in their uh in their storefront name.
1: Yeah. And uh even zoom out to to just stupid store names in general. <laughs> like like it just you know like we've we've i know we've brought this up at least once before but you know if if your store name is flipping for early retirement come on it, it, do better people please like you know it, it have some sort of uh you know professionality to it, it it's oh, that drives me nuts yeah
0: i do i do like a more professional name i like to i like to follow the big the big boys okay so you know, one of the big ones off the top of my head, Buy Boxer, or like a 60 to $80 million a year wholesaler. That's a good name, Buy Boxer. Makes sense on the Amazon platform, you know, puts a little ER on the end to to let you know what they're trying to do, okay? Uh, Pharma Packs, that makes sense. They started off as a pharmacy, all right? Makes total sense, but yeah. Uh, flipping for the fun of it, I don't like that store name, you know, fix it.
1: <laughs> uh i the next one uh this drives me nuts uh it makes no sense to me uh it's frustrating uh this is also from twitter but i am i 100 behind you uh to the person that tweeted it uh the suppressed buy box what it if well why is the buy box disappear when i am priced at either the same price or even a little bit lower than what they had the buy box just days before
0: mm-hmm. where'd it
1: go? What happened? Uh, you know, it's not, it's not insurmountable of course, but it's, you know, it's, it's more of a, a frustration, uh, you know, stuff st- will still sell, but plenty of basins slow down when that buy box goes away. It, it, yeah. It, it frustrates me.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I, I have become less frustrated by suppressed buy boxes over time. Uh, I'll tell you the thing that does frustrate me, and then the thing that I also like about suppressed buy boxes. The thing that frustrates me is that there seems to be no rhyme or reason to a suppressed buy box. The price, the price could have been, you know, ten dollars. Uh, it goes down to eight, and then the buy box gets suppressed. Uh, and I understand that, you know, it's maybe it's a bot, uh, or maybe they've changed the way that their algorithm works, or whatever it is. Uh, But that part is frustrating. Now, the part that I do like about suppressed buy boxes is that I think that even still, I think that a lot of sellers tend to skip over items with a suppressed buy box. Um, You know, yes, it absolutely does typically slow down the velocity of sales on a listing. Unless we're talking about Q4 bolos, then it, it doesn't, you know. Uh, but that two-pack of shampoo that you're selling that's become suppressed in the buy box, yeah, it's going to go from 60,000 in bestseller rank to, you know, eighty five or 95,000. And yes, the velocity is going to slow down. But I then think that a lot of sellers skip over it, uh, and I'll hop on those listings just about every single day uh, where I know a lot of other people have told me that they won't in the
1: past. That's fair. Yeah. It's uh, we even talked about that. Uh, uh, I think it was last episode. There are some, some nice low key replens uh, that I have with, with suppressed buy box. Mm-hmm. But, but if it's something, if I'm looking at my chops over a product, uh, I, I, I will change my attitude towards it in that <laughs> circumstance.
0: Right. All right. This next one, uh, the seller that adds Collectible dice, uh, and again, for those of you who are uh, are not watching the video, that was in air quotes. Uh, but they add collectible dice to a game of Uno, uh, or the seller that adds collectible stickers to a candy listing. All right, oh. uh, um, this irritates the hell out of me. Number one, if you're gonna make a bundle like that. Please, I I want you to, I want you to be able to own the buy box of, of your own listing. However, it specifically says that you are supposed to bring value to the customer. And if you put collectible dice into a card game that doesn't use dice, you are bringing zero value to the customer. You're clogging up the catalog, uh, and you're going to ruin it for other sellers eventually. Uh, if an if that happens enough, Amazon will end up saying one of these days, "Ah, oh, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and and that's not okay anymore." Uh, you know, and so that's what irritates me. It, you know, for example, are these kind of things are they the reason that there were these GTIN crackdowns this year? Uh, it's possible Amazon didn't give us any information about what exactly was causing it, but it could have been. Uh, people who were absolutely uh, trying to clog up the catalog, you know, with with stupid stuff like this. I do. I get a little frustrated with the people who put Funko plastic boxes with a Funko, uh, because I know what they're trying to do too. That one's easier to overcome because you can get those things anywhere, uh, you know. But there's tons of these types of listings out there. And they, it just drives me nuts when I find a really good product, and I'm like, oh, I don't have the collectible sticker that they that I need for this listing, so I have to pass on it, so I don't get an inauthentic claim.
1: Yes, and and the the shampoo and conditioner bundle that comes in the branded poly bag, like, <laughs> like all right, yeah, you know, all right, You're like get out of here with that. And another reason stop doing it is because my VAs can't tell the difference. <laughs> For some reason, they cannot see that little sticker. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. tell you how many uh, uh, listings on on the spreadsheet they'll send me. It's like, hey, this is a good one. Oh yeah. No, no, stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, this uh, this next one, <laughs> sellers, sellers that go into a flying rage at their third-party tools and third-party services when those tools and services rely on Amazon and the issue is with Amazon, whether it be, yeah. you know, an API or, you know, the MWS key or whatever, you know, when it's, when the problem originates in Amazon, so many of these, these services, these third-party companies, they, they, they take so much abuse when there's really nothing they can do they they you know they're, they're triaging it as fast as possible uh you know like i i do profit protector Pro pros my repricer and they get dragged on facebook <laughs> i'm not saying they're 100 you know uh, uh blameless but they catch so much flack from sellers when they're doing the best they can um you know, we need to understand. You know, maybe the maybe the grievance in this case is sellers who don't understand just how enormous this commercial, this commerce ecosystem that we sell in actually is. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah, and I, I don't know. I always you know, here's one of the things. I, I, I was fortunate enough to kind of be able to see behind the curtain when Alex owned tactical arbitrage. And so when there was an API issue, I could be like, hey, Alex, what's going on here? And he'd be like, oh, well, you know, this is the issue. And and I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. There's an API issue that causes an issue for the front end. But of course, you've got to handle all of your customers because they may not understand that they're tunneling into Amazon through an API. Uh, and... So here's something else. I think that a lot of times us as sellers, you know, we're like, oh, Amazon's this massive company, everything should work and everything should go, you know, perfectly Amazon's API and backend systems. I have said numerous times, they are all duct taped together. (laughs) Uh, and I say that, uh, and that's been, it's been verified by people who have worked at Amazon. They've mess it, they've reached out to me via messaging and they're like, Hey, I can't really say this publicly, but you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, and, and it makes sense, you know, when you, when you have a startup mindset like Amazon does, like a lot of other tech companies do, uh, you know, you do what works and and then you kind of slap it all together and, and, you know, you deliver the minimum viable product. Uh, and then a lot of times it's going back and fixing things way later down the road, which is what I think Amazon's trying to do by switching to the SPI API, uh, even though that's maybe causing some other headaches. So I always really try to be patient with tool providers because I always assume that it's Amazon's fault first and then the tool provider, uh you know, and, and uh, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes it's just a, a screw up by the tool provider, you know, but I would prefer to give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, over Amazon.
1: Yeah. I mean, stuff is going to break, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's unfortunate, but you know, jumping on a, you know, a Facebook page and and, this has cost me money. I haven't had sales in five hours. You know, ultimately my response is, uh, you know, boohoo you know <laughs> like it, unfortunately it's gonna look i i managed a department w- when i had my day job and there were 15 people in there and three of them were customer service phone reps right i couldn't even get three people to organize their lunch and smoke breaks so that one of them was available for phone calls at all times so take that and then multiply it by the trillions of dollars that Amazon is worth, you know, like some people just lack perspective on, on this stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. This next one is also from Twitter, uh, automated support messages. And this one, this one kind of, it didn't cross my mind as we were coming up with, uh, with these lists of grievances, but this one kind of hit close to home. Uh, you know, we know that a lot of times you're getting copy and paste, messages from seller support from account health from whoever you're dealing with at amazon uh and one of the reasons we know this is every now and again you'll get a reply or a message back from them and they'll forget to uh you know take out the words in the brackets you know Uh, it'll be like uh uh you know hey uh placeholder text uh we really appreciate you reaching out and uh and that's frustrating in and of itself but when like I was suspended in 2021 right yeah 2021 I was suspended for I don't know a couple of weeks uh and the amount of just boilerplate automated messages that I got back within a minute or 3 minutes knowing that nobody could have read my POA that quickly not not my four-page POA with attached affidavits could have been read that fast and replied to uh, it gets very very frustrating very disheartening uh when you're trying to fix something that you know affects your livelihood uh so yeah that one is super super frustrating uh yes and i, and I don't know if there's a fix for it
1: no that that's i, I don't think so in my opinion yeah you know, that that's yeah you know, that that's just corporate feels like it's corporate culture like having response times and, you know, being graded on, you know, metrics that are based on efficiency that, you know, don't really correlate to customer service, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, you know, the frustration is, is probably equal to, you know, how pressing the matter is, you know? So yeah, that, that one's definitely, definitely worthy of the frustration. Um, another frustration, uh, is Amazon forcing the, the new workflow, uh, when, when the old system was fine. Um, this is also from Twitter. Um, you know, a bunch of places, uh, uh, don't feel like they're ready for it. Um, inventory labs, unfortunately, uh, is one of those. Um, what now I, I'm sure there's a bigger picture and, and, you know, the idea of it is, is sound I'm sure. Uh, but this is frustrating. Like my, my, you know, my prep center doesn't know what to do and, they, and they've had some stuff and, and they're like, Hey, you know, test this. And then, and then it goes away. And the, I have no idea what's going on. I don't like it. <clears throat> um, and it feels like it's going to get worse <laughs> before it gets any better.
0: Yeah. know, yeah. Amazon needs to work on, on communication. If I've got an idea as to why they're probably doing this or what my thought is, my thought process is this new system is probably going to create more distributed shipments to make sure that inventory gets to places where Amazon thinks it will do best and, and, you know, ship to the customer, the fastest and the cheapest and things like that. That, as soon as they said, we're changing the shipping, that was my very first thought. I understand that that makes sense from Amazon's side. It makes sense from a customer standpoint. Uh, but for the Amazon seller, some communication would be nice. Uh, and, and maybe not bringing in an entirely new system. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, why is this happening? Uh, how is it going to be good for us or not good for us? Or how do we need to pivot? And if Amazon would just communicate that better, Uh, that would be great and and i don't know i i don't get to deal with the spi api team uh you know personally i know that you know like i said being able to see behind the scenes of some other software it seems like they try to talk with developers but i don't know how much of this information is getting out which means they can't communicate it to their customers and you know it goes back to that issue of you know, raging at third-party tools, you know, who are we going to get mad at about? The, are we going to get mad about Inventory Lab not having this, or is that really Amazon's fault for not allowing it to be rolled out to Inventory Lab yet? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, this would resolve itself with some better communication, and we just don't have that in place from Amazon yet. So this last one. Short-term thinking over sustainability. This was also from Twitter. This happens to come from what I believe is a fairly large seller, uh, and I actually I see I see this kind of theme from them quite often, and I really appreciate it from them. Uh, you know, this this ties right back into the uh, you know the Lambos and Rolexes ties back into the everyone pushing passive income. Here's the thing: It doesn't matter whether it's Amazon or another business or whatever it is, uh, you've got to be able to think about the long term. You know, the, you're not going to get rich quick on you know much of anything. Uh, you know, everything that you could get really, really rich, really, really fast is you know it's either a Ponzi scheme uh, or it's such a blue ocean that you may just not be able to to dive into it quite yet. Uh, you know, but every business, if you, if you think in like five year blocks instead of five month blocks, you're going to be way ahead of everyone else. Uh, and I don't know, that's something that I was very fortunate about. Um, you know, when I turned 18, I thought I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, uh, turned out I wasn't quite right, but I did it for 12 years anyway, just to make sure. Uh, you know? And uh, so if you can, if you can say, you know what, can I see myself doing this for the next three, five, 10 years? uh, And you work from, from that viewpoint rather than, Hey, can I make enough money to, I don't know, buy a house in the next six months? uh, You're going to make much better decisions for your business and for yourself, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know what, look at Go back through everything that we've talked about, all these things, all these grievances grievances that we've aired, uh, and think about the ones that are based on sellers and and not Amazon, you know. And and this last one could apply to to almost everyone that's that's based on the sellers. You know, if you're raging at a third party tool, you know, either you you need the money, you know, and you've you've overleveraged yourself, or, or you're in some sort of uncomfortable position that you can't just sit patiently while they fix something over a couple of hours or you don't understand the scale of the marketplace that you're operating in you know um uh you know if you're falling for the get rich quick scheme you know if uh, you know you're you're probably not in the right mindset you know you're probably not business focused um you know if you're uh um i just lost it (laughs) um Sorry, but, but you know what, it, it, you're, if you're, um, I lost it again. Uh, you know, but if you, okay, if you're not looking for your, your answers in the Facebook group beforehand and you're just firing it off, be like, I need the answer now and you don't have the time for the research. You know, like I said before, you're probably not reading, you know, Seller Central. You're probably not understanding the guidelines that you are required to operate within, you know, the the parameters and whatnot, you know? And, and chances are, you know you're not really thinking long term you know Mm -hmm. you've gotten you kind of have the wrong attitude or maybe you don't quite have the skill set uh to make this successful over a a long period of time
0: Mm -hmm. the the good thing though is uh if you don't have the skill set yet uh and that's the key word, yet that skill set can be obtained but again you've got to remember to to think of a longer arc Uh, you know, I don't, I don't wholly believe in the 10,000 hour rule, but, uh, I do believe in the 1000 hour rule, you know, you can, you can really make it to the top five, maybe 3% of just about anything with a thousand hours of, of sustained and focused learning and practice and, and action taking, uh, you know, so. Yeah, this was, I think that's a good one to end on. And, and before we go, uh, we've got a quote of the week this week, which, uh, is a a lot more positive, a lot more uplifting than, uh, than, you know, this entire episode was, and we'll be back to our regularly, uh, you know, happy uplifting episodes, uh, going forward. But Chris came up with this quote. So I I want you to kind of end it off for us, man.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we are in the holiday season. Um, and, and (laughs) we, We were, we were griping pretty good there for a while. So, uh, I, I thought this was fitting. Um, you know, it's Q4, and I know a lot of people are, are really, really hustling. Um, and I hope everybody has time to, uh, take some time for gratitude and, and some time with their family, with their loved ones, um, and, and really enjoy the season and, and overall enjoy the opportunity that we have in this business. Um, that's kind of like why I found this, and and the actual quote is, "If you have resources, if you have the freedom to choose, if you have the ability to not just spend money but spend time and create things that touch other people, you are rich." Uh, and that that's from Seth Godin, and I I really really like that, especially this time of year. Yeah,
0: that is that is a really really good quote uh, from a from one of the greatest of all time, uh, Seth Godin. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, I do want to take a second. I, I, I want to, I do want to thank Chris. I want to thank you for, you know, kind of pushing, pushing this and getting uh, kind of making this podcast, uh, uh get legs and, and make sure we, you know, made it happen. Uh, I also want to do, I want to thank you guys as listeners. Uh, I am thankful that, uh, that you're willing to spend time listening to two Yahoo's, uh, uh, you know, chat for 90 minutes to, uh, uh, you know to two hours sometimes uh, about this uh, this Amazon game uh, I don't necessarily think that we we're, we're definitely not the smartest sellers uh, I'm certainly not the best looking seller uh, but you know plenty of you guys show up every single week that, uh, that we want to keep doing this and and we have fun doing it uh, and so you know spend some time with your family uh, I, when this comes out it should be really really close to to Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas! Celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah! Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're doing. I hope you take some time to to really enjoy the uh, uh, the wins that you've had over this past year and, and what you've been able to do for yourself and your family. Uh, and uh, I know that I'll be thinking about that during the holidays. So, thanks so much to you, Chris. I appreciate you, man. And uh, and thank you guys for for uh, tuning in every uh, whenever we get these episodes uploaded. So. Hope you guys have a great, uh, great rest of the year.
1: Happy Festivus.
0: Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.